That's the tagline for our show. Okay. Meandering through the basketball universe? It's uh, true scholars, cold loggers, meandering through the basketball universe. <laughs> it's not bad. It's coming hard, coming fast. Ready, your grill. Your earballs. Got to oh, stay in peak form for this, for this pod. <laughs> not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> it's not all just liquor and yelling. It's mostly just that. Yeah. <laughs> There's also sitting. <laughs> you ready? Let's go! Yeah! yeah. Undebeatable. We, we are undebeatable. We are un, undebeatable. We are Undefeatable. Now he puts the ball on the floor, driving on James. He and, oh, and he threw it down. That looked like four coming right down the middle of the lane with a thunder hammer. Welcome, Pacer fans. You're listening to the Undebeatables, your weekly Pacer podcast. Today is March 9th, 2014. And this is episode 51, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. Joining me are three weekly analysts, coast to coast like buttered toast. Checking in from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is happening, Pacer fans? It seems like spring has sprung in the district, so that's good things. Bad things is the Pacers and their style of basketball lately. But I'm ready to vent and get this all out with you guys. Let's talk, let's hash this out. That's what we're here for. Undebeatable's only meeting right now. (laughs) From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? We lost an hour, we gained an hour, I don't know. But all I know is... I got a bunch of people drunk last night and didn't sleep very much last night. So I'm ready to um, take a nap, get drunk myself, and uh, deal with this this new pacer issue that's sitting on my chest, head, <laughs> and knees, <laughs> your back. <laughs> we'll stop there. It's compensatory. Company from Seattle, Washington, out west. It's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Definitely a tough week for us. Um, apparently, we're going to have to be extra coherent to make up for Colson. So, <laughs> Isn't that always the get case? Get game face on. Stay focused, buddy. <laughs> so there's 20 games left in the season, by my count. Okay. Um, I think by, by most people's count, actually. Uh, you know, I don't... You know, this is just... I don't want to speak for anyone else. <laughs> but... We've got uh, a lot of stuff happened this year, right? Since the since the uh, season started, it, as of late, Danny Granger, of course, traded away. Uh, was sort of uh, was definitely one of the leaders on the team. Uh, sort of mentored a, a lot of the younger players. Uh, he gone. He gone. Evan Turner, you brought in, uh, playing a lot of minutes. Uh, they've changed a lot of the lineups up because you know because you got him in there. Um, and some point. You got Lavoy Allen, who's not done. He's playing kind of garbage time right now. Uh, not much of a change there, but definitely a personnel change with Orlando Johnson being gone. You know, he was the young guy, the hype guy, fun to have around. 
got the people's hyped. He gone. Yeah. And bring we've got Bynum to integrate. Bring him back Bynum. So that's another change that's yet to even have started. And the Pacers are on their longest losing streak of of the year, three right now. I'm not, myself, I'm not terribly concerned. Uh, Some of the good teams are slumping right now. It's that time of the season where it's not close enough to the playoffs yet, where, you know, it's uh, right on your doorstep. Uh, You've had sort of a long season. The the fun of the All-Star break is, is gone. You're just in this little lull. So is that, Joey, do you think it, you're attributing it to there's been lots of changes lately and we're just trying to figure out how to integrate this? Or do you think it's something larger going on? I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not terribly worried. I think there's probably some, there's some, like, I don't know, internal issues, you know. Like I said, Granger's gone, uh, you know, which which a lot of the players were not happy about that. You know, Bird makes, it's, those guys weren't involved in that decision. Uh, you know, Larry Bird made that call. So there, you know, you're working through that. The guy that was there every day is not there anymore. Because even when he wasn't playing, Granger was there, you know, practicing with the team and and uh, helping those guys out. But so I, I, I think they've just got some stuff to work through. You're making me way more nervous than I was like two minutes ago. <laughs> Why? <is that? laughs> no, because because for me, I'm sitting here going, okay, it's a long season. Every team goes through this. Like, you know, at the end of last season, we got blown out by 20 points every game, and we still got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I feel like you can have lulls and still be a really good team. Now you're telling me maybe it's internal strife that we're all sort of like. There's actually like some like maybe core issues going on here now that no, no, no. well now now i'm getting really nervous because you, you talk about like you know have they lost the, you know the focus are they no longer having fun because they're not playing with danny and orlando johnson like i mean you know this is that makes me way more nervous than a lull in the middle of the season. no 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 i'm just saying if you change you know you change some of the parts i wasn't gonna hit a panic button now i'm gonna do it <laughs> you're hitting me i know <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying you change you change some of the parts. Uh, they got to figure out how to play a little bit differently. Where does David West rank on the NBA's list of all time all time list of uh, babies eaten? Oh, he's number one. No, well, no, no, no. I think he's behind Bill Russell. Really? Yeah. Oh no, that's Bill right. Russell just ate a bunch of babies and nobody knew about it because before they kept that record. Yeah, they didn't keep that stat. Before they kept babies. It's not an official stat. (laughs) So, David West officially... Has anybody gone back to look at the game, Phil? No, David West officially (laughs) Officially is number one. But unofficially, right. Bill no. Russell. Yeah, no, they have now. Nowadays, they got all these baby eating tracking cameras. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Milwaukee has been to the Eastern Conference semifinals more recently than the Knicks. Is that what you're telling me? So the stats say. Wow, that is brutal. So if you're looking for good basketball, New York fans, move to Milwaukee. <laughs> So that's just winning the, a first-round first round. series. Yeah. It's been 13 years since they won a first-round series. Oh, my God. I would feel bad for Nick fans, but they're Nick fans. Yeah. So suck it, New York. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> it's a small market. They can't help us. I was reading the paper the other day, and Bird came out with this interview. See, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's what he said. Yeah. Did any of the rest of you read this article? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know how you guys feel about this because I got super fired up. It was crummy. 
it smacked of condescension, and I was really unhappy with it. And I think Bird's being a jerk. I think he needs to step off. I know the team's played poorly, but just, I mean, stop being a disappointed 1980s sitcom dad and freaking go talk to the coach or go talk to the team and don't go through the media. I thought it was bullshit. Thoughts? (laughs) I'll tell you this. Every time Bird has said something to the media about the team, they have come out and responded well. You know, he was complaining about the turnovers, and the next game they had negative five turnovers. You remember that game? (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth Buckner did a nice job on this. Uh, And uh, the article said that uh, Paul George questioned the team's intelligence. He was talking about how the Knicks switch on defense, and we weren't smart enough to take advantage of that and move the ball. Stevenson also blamed uh, the Knicks' defense for creating an atmosphere of selfishness, which... I don't know. I guess if you have a mismatch on a slower guy or a smaller guy, maybe you want to take it yourself. But the uh, Roy Hibbert was, was not happy uh, about the loss. Uh, and what I thought was most interesting is that David West was convinced that we just didn't move the ball appropriately. And the next game we came out and had 27 assists on 34 shots. So whoever is concerned about stuff, David's West concerns resonate the most because <laughs> he eats babies. That's, that's kind of my theory on this. But yeah, there was a lot of discussion, a lot of people talking to the media about how they were not happy. So I want to say first that it's really, really unselfish of Lance to blame the Knicks for our selfishness. I thought that that was a very classy move on his part. That's right, right. The one thing I am concerned about in this is this is exactly what Larry Bird was talking about, was when we start pointing fingers in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. seemed like we responded very well to it, but it was an explicit point that he made. He's, you know, you don't worry until people start pointing fingers. And it seemed like maybe there was some finger pointing going on. That all being said, th- this was a totally winnable game for the oh, Pacers. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Coming down the stretch, I think the Pacers were down three. Uh, and Lance Stevenson makes a steal <laughs> and is coming down the court Ugh. on a three-on-one. And decides to do a no-look, underhanded pass to George Hill, who's waiting in the corner for his patented corner three. Oh, was that supposed to go to George Hill? And the ball just sails into the fifth row. To be fair, if George Hill was in the fifth row, that would have been mine. (laughs) (laughs) There was a guy up there who looked just like him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wide open up there. Uh, And then Friday, Pacers travel to America's Hat. In Toronto, Canada. <laughs> Play the Raptors. And the Yinkadari Cup winner, Tyler Hansborough. Exactly. Well, it, at that game, Jan Mahinmi, in a special ceremony after the first quarter, is going to pass the trophy over <laughs> to Tyler. So tune in for that, Pacer fans. Well, the problem is, though, it's probably going to be a bad pass. <laughs> <laughs> So the next night, Monday, March 31st, versus the San Antonio Spurs in Bankers Life Fieldhouse. The league's best team visited, and they extended their win streak to 18, rolling, lighting, and then smoking the Pacers. (laughs) 77-103 was the plus minuses. Of the five starters, only Roy Hibbert was positive at all. He was plus three. Uh, George Hill was negative 10. Jan Mahimi was negative 17 somehow. <laughs> yeah. If it's in the Constellation, Joe, the entire team was negative except for Roy Hibbert. So. Yeah. 
Congratulations, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, go ahead, whenever you want. That's the sound of the not all that fast break. Uh, well, there were no games of basketball this week. Yay! <laughs> Nothing to talk about. <laughs> Moving on. I had three games uh, from the schedule. Uh, the first, Sunday, April 6th, versus the Atlanta Hawks in the silent life field house. Indiana started their work week with the worst half of basketball a Pacers team has ever produced. And this was in front of a sellout crowd. And the gold swaggers were shredded 88-107. It was the first half that was so bad where the blue collars put up 23 points. The starters were pulled with 6.05 left in the first quarter. And the score was 17-3. The bench replaced them, and they left the team down 33-11 to at the end of the first quarter. Roy Hibbert had one more shift in the cards before he was benched, and ended the night 0-5 from the floor. Zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, one turnover, and negative 19 on the plus-minus. That was a nine minutes of work. Uh, John, you were there at the game, and this actually, is, yeah. this was uh, this was my gift to you. This is my you. birthday present. Happy birthday, Colson! <laughs> I've never seen someone so angry at a gift before. You were so mean to me. <laughs> yeah. So, Harper, we had a, a brief discussion last week about whether or not one should boo their home team. Yes. And yes, we, did. we sort of disagreed at some level. I felt you could, you yes. know, as long as it was coming from a place of love. Right. So when if your team scores twenty three points in a half, is then it okay to boo your team? My first note on this game is you can boo that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad we established where the bar was. <laughs> yeah, it is way above this. Yeah, this was just pitiful. This is brutal. I, I wrote a text during this game. At halftime, and it said, uh, one assist at halftime, they don't trust each other, and they're afraid to make mistakes, because the crowd is all over them. Missing free throws enrages us. We're eating our own. On some level, the the, the problem with booing your team is, we were passing up open jumpers, because people were afraid to miss. I mean, it was we, we, were, we were so uh, all over these guys that they seemed nervous to play the game and so there is a downside of booing yes we you know it, it's show us a good product we've paid good money to be here we just want to see effort we don't care if you miss shots we just want to see effort but they seem to completely recoil from the responsibility of trying to save that game every single one of them to a man seem to uh crumble under our booze yeah i totally understand that but at the same time this is what is this now consecutive Three consecutive home games where they just got demolished? No, I guess it was two. Yeah, the San Antonio uh, game. Yeah, and then they beat Detroit. So. Which Joe so- Joey also took me to, so thanks, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, You're hey, on my also, list. How about you stop going to games? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. The, the other problem for me is that there's only one home game left. It's against Oklahoma City tomorrow, okay. uh, and it's fan appreciation night. <laughs> Are you going? I, I, I guess so. The fan appreciation night's fine because you can go down on the floor, and they give you stuff. You know, they take all their shoes and they sign them and throw them. You know, throw them into the crowd. And are you wrestling small children for shoes? 
Um, not for long, you know. <laughs> They're small. It's easy to take them. Exactly. But I don't. I don't want to. Maybe I'll just show up at like the end of the fourth or, or something because I, maybe I don't want to watch four quarters of them getting blown out at home. I don't know. I'll be there. We'll be there on time. <laughs> but I'm cranky about it. <laughs> you know, I think Vogel's in a position where he can't be that guy anymore. He can't be that cheerleader anymore. These guys need another level of psychological uh, help. Yeah, well, uh, some, Warfare? Vogel needs a different strategy to take these guys to the next level, I think. Yeah. I feel like there's still a chance to save this. We were so good that I know we can be that good again. And, and, and I, it could be that we're just waiting for the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm trying not to. I mean, I know we're hitting panic buttons everywhere, but I'm trying to stay rational about this. I'm trying to keep hopeful um, until we're swept in the first round of the playoffs. But... <laughs> No, in fact, I would say that you're – I had this realization this morning as I, as I was riding my bike to work that I am a true fan because I still have hope. Yeah. And it's a yeah, completely it irrational hope. I don't think you're thinking rationally at all. <laughs> a rational person would look at this team and say, They're right, done. It's over. Stick like, a fork in them. I'm going to schedule my, my vacation early and then – There are only five teams that have had the number one seed – uh, at January 1st, and then put up this kind of low percentage of winning percentage in the second half of the season, in the history of the game. And all but one of them were knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So, welcome to that stat. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> that, that That's all true, and... This is, I'm sure, the irrational super fan in me. But the reason that we watch sports is because we know anything can happen. The vagaries and vicissitudes of sports are what keep us interested, right? And all this could turn on a dime, and we're playing A-plus basketball three games into the first round. You don't know. Yeah. That's why you keep watching. That's why you watch those, you know. That's why I I don't turn those games off when they're down. Yeah. You know, you never 25 know. points, you, you know. Never I've know. seen Reggie Miller do some shit, man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. right. But this week we got to talk about the Underbeat Awards. Underbeat Awards. Um, we do have um, one of our awards to hand out. I think uh, the under the uh, as I've uh, called them the the, uh, the Underbeat Awards. We'll just make everybody else a winner. So every year the pundits hand out their awards, and we're no different. That's right. But we're better. <laughs> so I guess we're different. You can uh, actually get on the blog and see how we did last year. It's, well, no, it's to see how the other pundits did. Right, because we were right. And they uh, they were right on most of them. They missed a couple. But this year we'd like to go through the awards, uh, the uh, NBA awards, and uh, choose our favorites, uh, who we think's going to win or who we think should win. Who does win the Undebeat Awards? <laughs> no, who they think will win the NBA Awards. They will win our Undebeat Awards. We'll send them a crappy trophy and an unmarked package. Glitter. So, with glitter. <laughs> you got a lot of glitter at your house. Puffy paint and glitter. That's how Colson rolls. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> glad I bought stock in Michael's. <laughs> 
So, um, are we going with Taj Gibson, I think, probably? I'm voting for uh, Ginobili. You can't make all these split votes. I'm sorry. He's going all Spurs. The Undebeat Awards are all Spurs this year. <laughs> so, who are you, Colson, who are you? Your Ginobili is at the top of your ballot? Uh, no, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Gibson. I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I If you get three three people vote for one player, then it's you win. Yeah, you're right. That's true. So, you don't get anything there. We're supposed I'm to come to get, a consensus. It's a vote. Though. We're supposed to come to a consensus. It's like if we're Quakers. We're just supposed <laughs> to think about it and pray about it and, and, and meditate on and it. And drink while we do it. Yeah, and then we all come to a consensus or we stay in the room. And then we'll have some oatmeal. Jason, what are you on this week? Uh, I'm still with Red Hook Brewery, uh, but I moved on to the ESB. Did you get a variety pack? I did. I like yeah. those. So, yeah, there's the ESB in there, the... Audible Ale, which I drank last week, and then the the Long Hammer. There's one other one too. They have a Winter Ale in there generally. Mm, not in the one that I got. Oh, okay. I got gypped. Maybe that's it's special for me. <laughs> Cole Sorry, apologies to the Gypsy yes. community. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to the Gypsy community, man. They get a bad rap. <laughs> they listen to a lot of podcasts too, so we want <laughs> they to do. Keep them happy. <laughs> want to lose that demographic <laughs> i mean hibbert guys so we gave hibbert bird in this game i don't know to help build his confidence and he goes one of seven like i don't against like, <laughs> <laughs> a wayne dead against <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know vogel's idea was oh hey you know the guys that need rhythm right now are yeah. hibbert and hill so we'll play those guys and we'll rest the other guys and they both just had shitty games and I'm like I don't know if this helped their confidence I think his thought process was it can't get any worse <laughs> if you go one of seven against Deadman, it might have gotten worse that's all I'm saying uh, oh god poor Hibbs so the season uh, ends mercifully for Hibbert <laughs> I don't know how merciful that was but okay <laughs> at least it's over now here's this big bright playoff spotlight right on your grill right <laughs> So that ends the regular season. First place. Yeah. Number one, one seed. seed, baby. Number one seed. So <laughs> that, that's a huge deal. It, it really is. is. That was our stated goal at the beginning of the year. We got it. Even if we backed into it, we got it. Even if that's the only thing they get, they got it. Well, I'll take it. Yeah. 56 uh, wins. I will not. Yeah, 56 wins. Yeah. We, what is that? The third most or something like that? Yeah. It's the third. I know it's the third time in Pacers history they've got the number one seed. Yeah. So good on you, Pacers. For much of the season. Okay. We're number one. Nothing can go wrong from here. <laughs> Rejoice, Pacer Nation. It is at long last time for the NBA playoffs. And your Pacers rode to the NBA finals. So... Playoffs started. Yeah. That's right. Playoff, bitches. Saturday, April 19th versus Atlanta at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. The rejuvenated Pacers start the playoffs brandishing their number one seed against the lowly Hawks. Now, they played like the team that realizes that this is an, elim- an elimination-style tournament, and they slapped the Pacers with a loss 93-101 in front of 18,165 fans at home. I took uh, Connie, friend of the show, to the game. Uh, The wife was unavailable. 
to Connie, and basically by the end, she just was consoling me, telling me, there's there's still time, there's still time. But I knew. <laughs> Joey's in the fetal position, <laughs> crying. This was, this was rough. Well. Oh, God. This uh. was, I mean, this was, this is a tough one. But, you know, they talked for so long about winning the fans back, you know, since the brawl. Slowly, we've got, we had, what, 28 sellouts this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to, like, eight the year before. You really felt like the, the city was coming back and uh, ready to support these Pacers. And now we're just showing up and booing them. It's just crazy. Uh, the, the trepidation that fans and that I feel personally is classically conditioned by this team. This is the position that they put us in, right? I don't think that they're getting booed when they make unintelligent or bad basketball plays, what they're really getting booed for and what they should be getting booed for to the extent that they should get booed at all is laziness. Yep. The crowd will respond when we want it more. When the players want it more, then the crowd will respond to that. You got to remember at the end of the day, it's Indiana basketball fans and they know basketball. They're smart. They're smart. They know when you're playing hard and you're giving effort and you're doing the right things. And when they don't see that, that frustrates the hell out of them. And they're not seeing it right now. Shout out to Candace Buckner. She does great coverage all the time. She tweeted out after the game that there were serious closed doors team meetings. And then she said, rinse and repeat. <laughs> That's funny and not funny at the same time. There have been after every game, we have a, a post, you know, a big team meeting. It's like they're in corporate America. And just let's have a meeting about this. We'll discuss it. And then nothing will change. You see David Weston there with a PowerPoint, yeah. this clicker. <laughs> and a, a frown. And a, well, definitely a frown. Joey, stat of the week! So this is dealing with the Indiana regular season, but they became just the second NBA team to improve by at least five victories in four straight years, uh, according to information from Stats. <laughs> <laughs> Pacers finished the 2009-2010 season with 32 wins, and they followed it up with 37, 42, 49, and then 56 wins. So at least five every year. So next year, guaranteed, 61 wins. Um, (laughs) The other team that did it was the 65-70 New York Knicks, and they won the 1970 NBA championship after winning 60 games. So next year, it's a lock. Well, no, I, th- I think that's this year, right? No, it's next year. Oh. You've seen this team play, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're the stats guy. I'm so. the, listen, it's all—it's just numbers. I'm numbers don't lie. <laughs> this is a great long-term, you know, semi-long-term. Uh, what do you call them? Oh, I can't work crowd, like this. The crowd is turning on Joey. This is not <laughs> right. hey, one you, mistake. One mistake. We're going to bury you. All you boo birds. <laughs> I'm afraid to say anything now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just move on to the next uh, time. You're saying that was a good, it's good long-term growth trajectory. Yeah, it's it, it is yeah. good long-term growth. Uh, it's hard to work under these conditions, though. You can see how that might affect your game. Yeah. Now I'm sad. <laughs> So I'm drinking this week Miller Lite in the throwback cans. I am enjoying the champagne of beers, the Miller High Life. Ooh, Miller High Life. Sexy. Out of the uh, 
16 ounce can. I got a tall boy here. You found my tall boy. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be an exciting second half. Strap in. Jason, what's what's good on the East Coast? I'm also drinking the High Life. Ooh. Miller High Life. Sexy. The champagne. Yeah. Harper, what are you drinking out west? Well, I didn't get the memo on the High Life this week, so... <laughs> Only Miller products. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Pyramid's Thunderhead IPA. We all got sponsored except for you. I'm sorry. Damn buddy. it. <laughs> this was the week they were listening for who was drinking Miller products. Not referring to Reggie Miller, of course. <laughs> whatever. Well, you know what? Hey, whatever. If, if, <laughs> no, hey, if he wants to pay, I'm fine with that. This checks cash the same, buddy. <laughs> we got a new segment. It's called Two Minutes to Wah. We made it up ourselves. <laughs> Is it one minute? <laughs> no, no. No, it's not. So this goes back to uh, Red Porter, old uh, Pacer PA announcer. announcer. He used to say, uh, when there was two minutes left, he'd say, uh, two minutes, two, ah. Uh. And now that Michael Grady has taken over, he sort of sets up the crowd. He says, two minutes, and then the crowd chants to, uh We know of, what to do. Yeah, in, in honor of Reb, and I think it's great. It's really cool. It's something you're only going to get at the Fieldhouse. That's right. And now we're bringing it here, to the internet. So now you're not just getting it on the Fieldhouse, <laughs> you're getting it here, too. <laughs> the question for this week is... Will Frank Vogel lose his job if the Pacers don't get out of the first round? Discuss. I think yes, and I think it's ridiculous. I think that he has done amazing work for us. You know, his his smash mouth and smash math, embracing the analytics while still being big and a league that went small, his positivity, all these things have created a culture here. And I think the expectations are such that Bird will have to cut somebody and it's probably going to be Vogel and not a player and it drives Disagree. me nuts it Disagree. drives me nuts oh. he's going to blow up that roster he's clear that he made moves that busted up the chemistry and he's going to get rid of those people Lance Stevenson is out Lance Stevenson is going to be the fall guy for all of this is what I no, that Lance is, is Bird's boy way more than Vogel yeah, but he, everybody hates Lance so. my concern is that I think that Colson is right, and that even though he should be the fall guy for this on some level, he won't be because Bird has a man crush on him. Mm. I think that the most reasonable course of action would be to fire the assistants. I think that Vogel should stay. They need to get a Brian Shaw hammer type back in there to back up Dan Burke. And an offensive genius. And an offensive genius. I, I want to go to the triangle. That's my new thing. Let's do the freaking triangle. I want to go to some sort of offense. Any offense. It doesn't matter. Just pick an offense. Any offense. Any offense. Princeton. Princeton. Stanford. The quasi-Princeton. But my fear is that Bird does both. He fires Vogel and destroys and blows up the team. That's my fear. That is a bad... That would be a bad thing. The thing is, Vogel has done nothing wrong. Vogel took his team to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and then led them to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And then they kind of flamed out. As much as I want to keep time there, buddies. Oh. I know. Too uh, Jason got the last word. I so just get to my point. Jason got. <laughs> I uh, hate this segment. <laughs> Jason got the last word in, so he won. <laughs> is there a winner on the two minutes? Yes, there is. Oh. There is now. <laughs> Triplet one and zero. <laughs> you know, we'd spent all this uh, time uh, before the series 
talking about, well, there was a lot of paranoia, perhaps, about the Macedonian rookie and he uh, his three-point shooting ability. And despite the fact that that really did give us some trouble and, and made it so that Hibbert couldn't really see the floor uh, because of his floor spacing, he missed his last 15 three-pointers. So, Pero Antich, I'm thinking more like Zero Antich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he did not really provide the advantage that they thought he would. Cut his mic. <laughs> change language, change perception, change reality. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> Thursday, May 1st, in Atlanta, Phillips Arena. The Pacers were down 3-2, as we've discussed. So this was an elimination game with their backs against the wall. Indiana pulled out a gutsy win in the Fortress 95-88. David West decided an early vacation was unacceptable, and he chose to win this game. With his late game play, along with Paul George, helped Indy pull away in the snail-biter, sending the series back to Naptown. Colson, how did you watch the game? One day more. <laughs> another day, another destiny. This never-ending road to Calvary. These men who seem to know my crime will surely come a second time. One day more. <laughs> I actually was at Les Mis during uh, an elimination game. And I and my goal was to not is that, find out. The, is that all the sad Pacer fans that just hang out <laughs> at an opera called Les Miserables? Yeah, uh, I, you know, and it was actually I was hoping that you know I could get home without hearing the score. But at halftime in the bathroom, everybody's like yelling the halftime score. <laughs> Like people like it's shouting. Intermission. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Intermission at the game it was also so at the cultural. same time halftime at the Pacer game. Um, and so you know, I kind of just we were up six, I think, during the pee break. Uh, that's what we call it <laughs> in the biz. <laughs> and then and then you know, at the end of the game, we won by six, and I was like, oh, nice easy victory. We're probably up six eight the whole game. I then came directly over to Joey's house and watched the second half with him. I had no idea that we were down by five with three minutes left. I was panicking watching the replay. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't a part of it live. I, I, it was probably better for my heart. It was an ugly scene here at the house. I mean, uh, my aunt was unable to uh, watch free throws at the end of the game. She's she's like just covering, tell, her eyes. covering her eyes. Just just tell me what happens. I can't watch. Wow. Yeah. Um, Connie, you know, Connie was getting nervous, so she stood up. And uh, Catherine made her sit back down because that's what she was doing earlier when they were doing well. <laughs> Very superstitious. Yeah, we did just enough to win. Just enough to win. It was so much closer than the score. Well, that means, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even happy. I was just relieved. Right. Yeah. You know what that means, though? It's game seven, baby. Game seven, baby! It's May 3rd, Saturday, in Bunker's Life Fieldhouse. Indiana had never in their history hosted a Game 7 at home, let alone won one. And they wandered into uncharted territory, and they took what was rightfully theirs, 92-80. to 80. The Hawks were sent packing with only broken dreams and high draft picks. <laughs> this win pushes Indy to the Eastern Conference semifinals against 
the Washington Wizards. This game was fun. How great was this? We were there. We went with Catherine last night. The, the crowd was really on edge. This is not fun for me. No, this is fun for us. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened to me. was I realized this after, after game one. It was the game six from the Atlanta series. It was a nail biter. Pacers come out of victorious. I hated that game. No, I did too. You know, and I, I, I was nervous the whole time. Uh, game seven, you know, I wasn't comfortable until the game was over. So two straight games of just like high energy, high emotion. Uh, as you know, as many emotions as I can feel you right. know, as a man. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anger and remorse. Yeah. <laughs> right. I did want to come back from the break uh, and read a little line from a, a, a Grantland uh, article. About this was this was sent in from a listener, Envy Ous. The mailbag. Shout out! Shout out! Yeah. Shout out! But this is great. He's talking about kind of where the paces have been um, with their struggles. It says. It says, they've become a traveling context for awful, unfounded internet rumors of the George Hill slept with Hibbert's wife slash girlfriend slash fiance slash manicurist slash sandwich artist variety. Rumors whose truth or falsehood matters less than the sheer fact that someone could look at this team and think, yep, that's the most logical explanation. Obviously, fights and disagreements and personal issues flare up on good NBA teams too. But when people watch you play basketball and go, huh, must be some catastrophic psychosexual backstory here, you have some problems you should probably address. I thought, I really felt like that encapsulated where we've been as a fan base, kind of watching this team going, I'm grasping for straws. What is wrong? Why won't they just figure it out? I don't know, you said sandwich artist, and now I'm kind of hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm still going to stick with Spurs in 7. I think it's going to be a great series. Mm -hmm. But the Spurs are a buzzsaw. They're a scalpel. They're everything that's just tears through stuff. It's it's like a chainsaw through a shark. Sharknado-tastic. We may may have spent a large portion of Adabitacon watching Sharknado and Godzilla movies. Yes! And Mecha Shark versus Mega Shark. Got Mothra and Seven. Sorry, I have a question. (laughs) I want to say something. Let's get these chicken sandwiches to go. I, this is my favorite time of year. I love this stuff. And it was just absolutely agonizing. God. And not in the usual way of agonizing, right? Usually right, right. it's agonizing because you're like, oh, we, we're not that good, but we're scrappy. We're fighting hard. Right. Um, that team's maybe we better. can pull off this upset. This was like right. just watching your kid with great potential, you know, failing out of school and like not, like skipping classes continually. And you're like, you idiot. Go freaking go to class and you know, do the do your job. I love you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Shout, Shout out, out Mom and Dad. not meant to be directed at you, Joey. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm disappointed. 
It's really hard to find a, a legitimate center in this league. That has to be your core going forward. Paul George and Roy Hibbert. Everything around that is worth tweaking. We don't know that Roy Hibbert isn't Sisyphus, right? So we're going to build him back up. He's going to the top of the hill. He's going to get hit by the boulder and go right back down to the bottom again. I mean, this could be his career trajectory. We don't know. Sure. That leads us to Game 5. This was Wednesday, May 28th. Back at home in Bunker's life. This game was... This game was weird. <laughs> That's all I can say. I actually got more to say. George erupted for 37, 21 in the fourth alone, and they hung on to win 93-90. I, I got a couple things to say about this. Uh, Paul George, massive. It's a good thing we have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's seen this a bunch. Lance Stevenson <laughs> blows into LeBron James's ear, uh, which is just annoying and Whatever, it's funny. And uh, it led to the hashtag Lansing, which I love. If you uh, put that into your Twitter, you will see so much good stuff. Blowing into Nintendo cartridges, <laughs> blowing so out birthday cakes. Uh, Jason, <laughs> you and I, we both liked the one where he was uh, joined the, uh, the Friends cast uh, with an edit ice cream social. <laughs> internet had fun with this in 24 hours. It was a wonderful time to be on the internet. Speaking of Game 6, I watched that last night. Did you? I did. Friday, May 30th, at the American Airlines Arena. I'll tell you what, man. Indiana opened with a 9-2 lead, and they looked great. Moving the ball well. They were picking apart the Miami defense, defending nearly perfectly. And then the season was over. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first like three minutes of the game. <laughs> Miami went on an 11-0 run, and it was never close again. And there was this a sequence where it was the best ball movement I've ever seen by the Pacers. It was Spurs-esque. They just kept passing the ball around to the even more open player. And it, it, everybody touched the ball. It eventually ends up in Paul George's hand, wide open for the three. Everybody in Indiana's raising their arms, ready for it to go in. I was ready to yell, boop! And uh, instead, is that the official call from Colson? That's, that's the call. Question. That's your answer to the boom baby. Right. <laughs> and, and so instead, Paul George dribbles into traffic and throws the ball to a guarded David West, and there's a shot clock violation. And I was like, "What is wrong? Why can't we get like? Oh God, unbelievable! That was just it was just the series in a nutshell. Yes, uh, maybe this maybe yeah, this maybe this season exactly. Yeah. Well, this is just an extension of the fact that the Pacers lost their fight. Yeah. yeah Somewhere yeah. in mid-February, the Pacers lost their fight. And yeah. that was the one thing that they had going for them. They're a team yeah. that's built on heart and a little bit of talent, right? You know, Paul George is a great talent. David West has skills. But mostly that team was going to succeed if they outplayed the other team. If they emphasized more of the blue-collar side of things than the gold swagger side of things. And somewhere along the way, they it flipped. I mean, they wanted to be Showtime and not the bad boys, right? And that's right. not this team's identity. Bringing up Sisyphus. Did you guys watch this game at all? Yes. No. No, I'm in my I'm I'm huddled in the corner of my snuggie. Okay, fair enough. You uh, surrounded yourself with your pain. Just <laughs> <laughs> a blanket of pain. <laughs> a snuggie of pain. <laughs> that way you can get your arms out to use the remote. 
Paul George has been uh, kicking butt this summer, playing for the U.S. men's national basketball team, and uh, was going to be a centerpiece, kind of. Probably a starter on this team that's going to play in the World Cup here in a month. Uh, And then last night in a scrimmage, an intra-squad scrimmage, was going for a chase down block on James Harden, I believe. Except for the block, doesn't get it, fouls, but in the process afterwards, uh, runs into the stanchion of the basket and basically snaps uh, his tibia and fibula. Sounds like it's a compound fracture. Surgery went well, but he's likely out at least six months is what I'm hearing. So let's just get immediate reacts. What was your, uh, where, did you see this live? No, I didn't see it live. So I I started getting texts before this was up on YouTube, before it was on ESPN, pretty much immediately. Uh, but I wasn't watching the game. I'd just gotten home from work. Um, <clears throat> so I immediately went and tried to seek this thing out. I watched it so that other people don't have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt like I had to watch it. And yeah, it's 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 ugly. I mean, think Kevin Ware last year. Think Joe Theismann. It's, it's that kind of injury and it's that tough to watch. The most common uh, recovery time, I think, is normally like 9 to 12 months. He is kind of a freak of nature, so you never know. It could be better than that. But I think it was um, between four and five months before Kevin Ware was walking without a without a boot. Walking. Walking. That's yeah, just, just crazy. <laughs> it's interesting to me that people immediately went for the his career is over thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and I think even in some of the texts that we were exchanging, like the idea that he was definitely gonna miss the next season was a guarantee. Which right. it seems like it will be. But right. even I at the time was like, it's a broken bone. It doesn't first right. of all, we know no information. Well, it's a broken bone. Like those things, it's not like an ACL. Well, right, right. So, but I think I think it was the horrific um, visuals. I mean, it was was the gruesomeness of it. The gruesomeness of it. You just go, just who knows? You know, at the time, you don't know any information. You know, I mean, it could have ripped up everything in his leg. You know, now they're saying it was a clean break, that no tissue damage, no artery, whatever. Um, You know, if you're, it was broke cleanly. You know, if 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 you're gonna do this. This is the best way to do it, so he should be able to recover fully and have no, you know, long-term career damage. Is what I'm hearing right now. Um, yeah, that seems to be the case. That there's no the silver lining, which we I talked about with Harper yesterday a little bit, is that there's no ancillary damage. Is the buzz the buzzword yes, that's going nice. around? And uh, <laughs> no soft tissue damage, and that the surgery went well. Emotionally, it reminded me a lot of. The brawl. Yeah, I was. I was actually going to mention that it, it. It felt the same way to me in the sense that it felt like the landscape had utterly changed overnight, mm-hmm. in, in, in a way that hadn't felt that way since the brawl. Right. I mean, this. It's not franchise crippling. The way in which the brawl was franchise crippling. Sure. I sure. Think. If uh, if 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 George can't recover, it is. Well, right. If his career is over, then yes, it is. It could be a franchise crippling thing. Uh, I d- tend to think that that's not the case, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm in the bargaining stage, and that's sure, where I'm sure. at. I, it does um, it does change things a lot. I think as far as 
your window, though. I mean, mm-hmm. this year there was a wide open window in the East. The, the team that had, had stood in our way, the Miami Heat, had uh, broken up. And, you know, we had a real good chance, even with losing Lance, a real good chance to come out of the East. And, you know, those windows are brief, you know. Uh, right. Those opportunities are rare. And so to, to lose George this year is, is particularly painful. I went to a internet cat video movie this afternoon, uh, which, if is as much as that sounds fun, it's about twenty or thirty minutes too long when you're watching internet cat videos. Meaning it's twenty five uh, or thirty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad to be here, guys. And cat hater coming to you from <laughs> Seattle, Washington, out west. Our enforcer, John Harper. I don't hate cats, for the record. It's baby seals that I hate. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Want to have the most fun you've ever had watching a game show? And let's play Where That Player At. The gong's my favorite part. <laughs> so let's start this uh, this game out with uh, with Harper. Harper, do you know where Andrew Bynum is going to play in the NBA next year? Nowhere. The the correct answer is uh, he's sleeping on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> you got a much bigger couch than me. Um, after the break, uh, we'll we'll find out the winner of where that player at. I can see it. <laughs> Don't tell. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be back in a few. Good morning to the rising sons and daughters. I climbed into a fortress on the outskirts of insanity. Bloody knuckles and muddy bottles placed upon a martyr. No casualty is easy for the mother earth of humanity. Demanding clean water for the sinners and the fathers. And the children with the father's sins piled at the altar. Falling scars leave a star so she was crying when I called her. I ain't really know what to say. And we both been drinking all this whiskey in the cupboard. And the glass is just there, sitting somber like the cupboard. And your thoughts are stripped down, bare naked like the cupboard. Then you strip yourself down, bare naked like the others. And I love it, but wasn't really prepared for the summit up the coldest soul excursion that I think I've ever fucking been on. Sometimes it's hard to put your head out of the trenches of sand. Bitch, pressing my fear and guilt up to the heavens of man. Sacrifice it all for me, sacrifice it all. Like I never wanted it. Fizz only attached to my shadow because I never confronted them. The butt of my own joke, the butt of my cigarette smoke down to the filter. Cause thoughts winding so close to the edge, nailed to the wall, stuck in the frame, but abandoned by sceneries in the photo. I never thought the shift would feel right. But now I know what it feel like. I think we got it all straight. I think we got it all straight in the air, but it's snake. 
think I turned out okay. I think I turned out okay in a year with a snake. I know you all have been waiting for the conclusion of Where That Player At with an award ceremony. 2014, winner of the Where That Player At, Joey in third place. What? (laughs) (laughs) Joey thought he was a back-to-back. Yeah, he did. And tied for first place, Harper and Jason. However... Because I make arbitrary rules, Harper studied, and so he is the winner <laughs> of this fair. year's. Completely Harper fair. wins the push. Wins the push. I'm also way fatter, so I would literally win that push. <laughs> also, I got two softballs. So, um, so I don't. I don't want to hear from Undefeated Nation that Jason got job this year. All right. Even though I did just arbitrarily choose Harper, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he got jobbed a little bit again. He might have been gotten jobbed two years in a row. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So, Jason, you got forty-one even. John, you got yep. us a game over five hundred forty-two. Yep. Joey Gafrida, what's your number? Eternally an optimist. Go big or go home. Uh, season ticket 42 holder. Two and a half. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I think they. I think they could. They could pull. If you need an actual number, uh, no imaginary numbers. Uh, no, undefined is no good. Forty-three i. No square roots of negative numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I think they could do forty forty-five. Like I think that the court is still good. Freaking Rodney Stuckey, who I'm so mad at right now. I don't know. I'm so irrationally at angry at Rodney Stuckey. We'll we'll have we'll revisit this pod halfway through the season. Because they offered him a contract and he signed it. I I just I hate that dude. I don't know why. Why? I, but I don't know. I just really I've never liked him. It's because he played in Detroit. And no, it, it's because they signed him to be the franchise saver starting point guard, and he couldn't pass the rock, and they paid him a bunch of money, and he just and he slowly sunk into obscurity on their team. And now we're like, oh, hey, he'll be great on our team. But, no. John, this is your favorite story. They this gave is a redemption the, story. They gave him the car keys to their franchise, and he shit the bed. And now he's supposed to come to my franchise and be better? No. <laughs> I love I love your metaphor so much. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him the car keys he, he to drove, the zoo. He drove straight into the bedroom, <laughs> and he took a big dump. It was crazy. I, so, okay, they gave him the car keys to the I franchise, and he drove into the wall. I don't know. That part was implied. Yeah. It didn't go well. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I have good news. Oh, good news. I have good news. Good. The Pacers family just got a little bit bigger. Oh. Mm. Do we hire someone? Do we? Uh, Probably. (laughs) What I'm talking about, it's love, baby. Mm. Roy Hibbert married his fiance, as well as LaVoy Allen. Wait, so we got two more. So Roy Hibbert is in a has two marriages. Roy Hibbert married Congratulations, Roy. Allen. He married Lavoy Allen and his fiance. Well, it was luckily in uh, the what three days or so in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, they got married to their respective sweethearts. Yes. Uh, congratulations, Roy Hibbert, Lavoy Allen, getting married. They've joined the club that I'm in. That's right. It's an exclusive club that the rest of the Unbeatables know nothing about. <laughs> I'll probably see him up at the, the married people meetings. 
<laughs> Did uh, yeah, you'll do the secret handshake and yeah. at the when you see him at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but this is just a reminder, uh, Undebita Nation, uh, very eligible uh, Undebita analysts out there. <laughs> he'd like to, Reach. He'd like, to, he'd like to tweet, uh, Facebook, whatever you want to do. You're a terrible wingman. <laughs> yeah, if you're anywhere in the DMV, uh, uh, my Wednesdays are pretty open. So. <laughs> Let's go. Let's, we should take a break. Turn out the lights. <laughs> Party's over. Oh boy, you are you are not in regular season form yet. Brooke Olsendam. Oh, she Jesus. she gone. Oh my god, my heart is broken. Brooke, I don't know. Listen, Brooke. What you're the best. What are they doing? Holler at me. If you're moving to DC, my Wednesdays are free, as mentioned earlier. <laughs> No, uh, uh, Jason, I, she is, I think, available right now if you want to make her the fifth undebeatable. I think this is... We should we definitely should try to get her, her a job right we now. Would, we would make room. We don't even need a resume, Brooke. Just come, right. come on you. by. No. We've all seen your We way. don't even right. need you to fill out a W-4 or 9, whatever the thing is. <laughs> Two? Because we don't it's pay. Cool. Yeah. Right. But you can crash on Jason's couch. And she's short enough to fit, unlike uh, some of your previous guests. <laughs> True. Like Hibbert? Was it Hibbert? No, it was uh, uh, Bynum. Bynum. Oh, it was Bynum. So I have a couch big enough for Bynum now. I got a yeah. new couch. Yeah, Brooke Olsenet. So somehow Fox Sports decided that getting rid of the best sideline reporter we've had in years. Potentially one of the best in the NBA. Like, she's good. She's good. She's really good. She knows her shit. Yeah. Enthusiastic. <sighs> Yeah, provides a smile on her actual face. decent insight. Right. Yeah. Uh, understands Not just basketball. a pretty face. Yeah. Although also a pretty face. Right. Yeah. To be replaced always- by a uh, random white guy. What is his name? It's, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. A, yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson. Okay. He's not. He's not actually a random white guy. No, um, he is. I mean, he's, he, he is, is kind of a random white guy, though. Right. He, he grew Who up in Indiana. I grew up in Indiana. Congratulations. You worked for Fox 59 for a while, doing like the high school uh, football and Friday night reports. You worked reports on the Big Ten Network. I mean, he's more yeah. qualified than I am, um, but. Yeah, whatever. Not enthused. Not enthused, Fox Sports. News. Well, so here's, here's the fun part um, about Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson is the name of a film. Um, a western with Robert Redford right. in it, um, and it's based on the book called "Crow Killer: The Saga: The Saga of Liver Eating Johnson." Right. Mm. So uh, there's a ton of stuff to work there with. Uh, I, I think uh, Jeremiah is now going to be called Crow Killer, at least in my mind, or maybe Liver Eating Johnson. I can't decide yet. I like I like Bullfrog. Bullfrog. All right. Well, that works too. That was definitely the most um, dramatic saga since the Iliad, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Joey, stat of the week. This week, my stat is number of points dropped by Metaworld Peace while wearing his panda shoes. The number is nineteen. <laughs> nineteen points in his preseason uh, opener here. It was, uh, you know. Uh, 
inner squad scrimmage. But I think the important thing is he's wearing panda sneakers. They look like regular basketball shoes, except there's two detachable panda bears on his feet. They have little arms, too. Little is, arms. Yeah. They're little. detachable heads. Yeah. And he wore them for the whole game. And uh, dropped 19 points in 12 minutes. That's pandemonium. It's got to be the shoes. <laughs> uh, You've been sitting on that so for that a year. So that sounds like that would, be, that would violate the NBA's dress code. I think, right? Well, he's in China, so that works out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, there was no enthusiasm there. <laughs> We're saving it all for the show. Mm. Uh-huh. All right, well, I'm saving all mine for drinking. And I'm drinking a Moosehead. Mm. Mm. I am also drinking a Moosehead, uh, proudly independent Moosehead lager. The only bottle, uh, the only green bottle beer that you like. That I, yeah, I enjoy. I'm also drinking a little uh, Evan Williams, not Evan Turner, but Evan Williams on the racks. Oh man, that's come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, could you give me a definition, uh, the Urban Dictionary definition of moosehead? Is that a thing? <laughs> it's not. A well, thing. I'll look that up, and I'm sure it's. I will look that up. I'm sure it's a thing too. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking out east? Uh, well, I'm drinking uh, a Wee's ale. From the Maine Beer Company, uh, which I had never heard of. Apparently this brewery, uh, let's see, this beer is dedicated to all the stray cats out there. It literally is. So part of their profits go to uh, funding a shelter for stray cats in Maine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. And it's good beer. I enjoy it. Tasty to my palate. There it is. Harper, what are you drinking out with? I today have Elysian Space Dust IPA. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy. That looks like a big bottle, too. Go big or go home, buddy. <laughs> Space is a big place, man. Uh, just a real quick uh, update on Moosehead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want um, to know this. Yeah, it's the, it's the same as Roadhead, but wow. it comes from the back seat. <laughs> I was shaking my head no, so you wouldn't read that. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's not real. You made that up. No, it's not. <laughs> that's what it says. I think you should. I think you should say to the listeners, go look it up. <laughs> if you feel so inclined, and you're over eighteen <laughs> and not religious. Oh dear. Oh my goodness. Blatt seems like he knows what he's doing, but um, he hasn't dealt with the specifics of the NBA. But yeah, hey LeBron. What should we do next? He went to Princeton. He's Russian, though, right? <laughs> no, no, he's I thought Platt was Russian. No. no. No, but do your thing. <laughs> no, he, 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 he coached in Russia. Yeah, I, Russia. yeah. Did he pick up the accent you while think, he was there? You think so? Yeah, go that, for that it. That might be what it was. Yeah, go for it. No, we're good. We're good. It brings up the question of whether or not the Pacers should be trying to fight and claw and make the playoffs. Or should... Uh, David West have frequent ankle twists and not actual ankle twists, but he's out with a bad back or something like that. Sprained pinky. Right. Huh. Uh, DNP. Old. Uh, old. <laughs> yeah, rest. DNP rest. <laughs> and tank it and try to get a good high draft pick. 
you know, it, certain teams have made that work. San Antonio is a good example of sure. uh, a team that's made it work. But then you've got other teams who have tried it, Philadelphia and some other teams. Cleveland did it, but the reason they're good is not because of their strategy. Yeah, but we've already got a franchise player to build around, right? We already have Paul George. Oh, I thought you I thought you were talking about Stevenson because he's gone. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. <laughs> that hit you where it hurts, didn't it? So yeah. is your argument that we don't need to intentionally tank because you never know if that works out, but if it happens, maybe that's okay? Is that what you're saying, Joey? Well, I, I, I'm saying that I don't think it's going to happen regardless because David West and the Larry Bird, they're not going to... They just won't do that. You know, the, those decisions come from the top. They don't come, you know, it's not the players that ever decide these things. Sure. You know, like what Philadelphia does is, is if you have a good player, you just get rid of him, you know? <laughs> right. right. And they also got rid of Evan Turner. He could have helped them. I don't know why they got rid of him. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, guys, come on. What did I do? <laughs> One other thing about uh, Rudez real quick is... The international three-point line is not the same as the NBA three-point line. So a lot of people are saying that's affecting this game. You know, he's grown up shooting a, a certain distance, and the NBA one's a little bit longer. And, you know, why when, you're, you just, when you're a finely tuned machine, you got to well, make, it, make it a little change. But why can't he just uh, shoot long twos? I'm, I'm sure he could, but they brought him in as a... a three-point They nine. didn't bring him in as a long two Are you saying that he was an engineering experiment by the Croatian government? <laughs> <laughs> to become the greatest... I'm not saying that he ever. wasn't. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny your true statement. <laughs> uh, one of the guys who did not make the team, Rinze Anawaku, he's going to make somebody... Uh, pretty happy one of these days what uh, does he make you eggs in the morning what how's he gonna make me happy if, <laughs> let's give the pacers their first loss of the season i look back to last year my stat of the week this week is joey's stat of the week december 2nd and that is the date which the pacers picked up their second loss versus the trailblazers so all I'm asking, all I'm asking is that the Pacers hold off for a month and a day <laughs> <laughs> until they lose another ball game. That's totally No reasonable. sweat. No problem. <laughs> yes. There was, the first half of the season last year was, was, I forget how good they were and how just dominant they were. They were winning, they were winning by you know, 15 a night for 15, 20 a night for, for long stretches of the season. That may have been the most fun I've ever had watching Pacer basketball. I mean, that, that stretch of basketball was so dominant. It was amazing. You know what, though? It only took a half for me to be all in on this Pacer team. Uh, went to the you know the game uh, opening night, and by halftime, I was like, I'm all in. I love these guys scrapping. I love how much everybody's pulling for, for Roy. Kind of throwing it together and, and gutting it out. Like, that stuff is just super fun to me. Like, I'm, I'm all in on this team. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Not as much fun as winning, you know, going 20 and 2 or whatever we did, but still. Yeah, but they seem very cohesive. In contrast to how the Pacers ended last mm-hmm. season, they seem like a fractured team. This team seems much more cohesive. It seems like the guys want to play for each other. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. in a team sport, you got to have it. Got to yeah. have it. I would rather watch this team play now than 
the, the, the end of the last season. I don't want to watch that yeah. ever again. I'm with you. It's kind of brutal. I think we were pull, we were pulling for them to get knocked out of the playoffs, so we didn't have to watch them play anymore. <laughs> I think that did happen at one point. Joining me are three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacer fans? Twice in one week. So nice. <laughs> if some is good, more is better. <laughs> from Raleigh, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender. Mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? It's Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. <laughs> and company from Seattle, Washington, out west, our enforcer, John Harper. What up, fellas? Inaugural Thursday pod. I'm stoked. As they've mentioned, we this is the first of our new format on Thursdays. Uh, we're doing two in a week. The first one is the more timely stuff. The second one later in the week is going to be a little more evergreen and a little more, uh, a little more analysis. I'd say uh, a little deeper, deeper, deeper a little thoughts. deeper. Well, Joey, you know I love crappy jingles. Um, this is not really a crappy jingle, but uh, <laughs> one of our one of our. Great transitions. <laughs> this is our all-star jingle. What's one of our gimmicks? This is the two minutes to uh, I thought it'd be a nice way to start uh, start this conversation about our general impressions, what we're what we were looking for going forward. So two minutes on the clock. What do we think? Uh, who do we think is going to be the most important player uh, before West and Hill get back? to help uh, the Pacers stay afloat in these early weeks. I don't know, free-for-all go? I don't know. <laughs> uh, One last note on this game. I don't know if anybody noticed that uh, Pero Antich was, uh, what does he have, a broken nose? He had a mask on. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah, he did have a mask on. Uh, Pero Antich, the Macedonian. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well played, Colson. Well played. You've been driving in that car. You probably the whole trip from from Raleigh. You've been thinking of that one, haven't you? Yeah. Well, you know the the story of this week. I think is that despite the fact that we're shorthanded, we're staying in these games. I agree. You know, we are scrapping it out. But um, I have some coffee here. I'm not going to give any to the Pacers because coffee is for closers. <laughs> you know, he he said, you know, in some of the games, you know, he he would he's getting the feeling that he, things that he should be doing in the game. He would forget to look at the basket. Well, on offense, you know, he's zoned in on defense. Was he having dick butterflies? <laughs> Cannot speak to that. I need to ban Urban Dictionary from you. Computers. I don't think that's he would never choose that for this team. But you know, I'm sure the conversation went like that. This week, I am drinking again. The black box couldn't get through it. It's a lot of a lot of wine there. You're, you're slacking there, buddy. It's like three liters of wine. I have other things to do besides. You still have no idea how much that is. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it's a two week bottle. It's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, twenty bucks. That's a steal. Yeah, exactly. I like it. 
And I did have some uh, Lagunitas last night. Uh, you guys speak highly. That doesn't, that doesn't count. You're not drinking it now. I'm just I'm making conversation. It's reminiscing <laughs> over what you're doing. So I give the Lagunitas uh, two thumbs up. And Colson, you, which one drink are you having this week? No, I'm I'm triple fisting this week. I've got uh, I've got an amp energy. I've got uh, I've got to uh, carefully balance my uh, uppers and downers here. Uh, also have uh, some early times whiskey, and as always, the Miller High Life. Ooh, Miller High Life, sexy. I wanted to warn the children out there not to listen to anything that John Colson does. <laughs> yeah. Owen, Owen, Duncan, Joachim Noah, Dun Duncan. <laughs> He's going to feel, feel my pain. Oh. <laughs> it's like a college basketball Hall of Famer you're talking about. Standing tall at seven feet. Weighing in at a bruising 275 pounds. Recent addition to the four-time reigning champions of the Belarus Premier League, BC Smoky Minsk, your former pacer, and honorary undebeatable, the White Tower, John Edwards. Um, so, John Edwards... Um, Joey's favorite pacer ever. <laughs> I liked him. Uh, it's, <laughs> um, his, uh, his career ended in uh, BC Smoky Mints, uh, as we discussed last season. Um, and I think, Jason, did we get, uh, we get a little update on him as far as uh, via LinkedIn? Well, according to Wikipedia, he has retired from basketball and is pursuing a career in... Uh, information technology. So do you think he was one of the guys that helped uh, land the uh, bot on the comet? Was that one of those one of those guys? Is that, is that... I don't know that that has anything to do with information technology. But... Well, they use technology and they use information. <laughs> yeah, my John Edwards update is that John Edwards just landed something on a comet. So... Congratulations, John Edwards. The White Tail, ladies and gentlemen. The White Tail. Joining me are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. Missing in action is Jason. Jason Where Triplett. is he? I think he took a vacation to Greece. Greece? Yeah, he went to went to Greece. I don't know much about Greece. Well, 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 well. Tell me more. Tell me more. Did he? I don't know. I don't know the rest of that. That's all I know. <laughs> Summer um. nights. <laughs> Excellent. And how do we play teams? What do we do? We impose our will physically. Yeah. And that is about going to Roy down low and beating people up, right? That I mean, that's what we need to do this year. We need to be tough, maybe even a little nasty. And it's okay to start that right now. It's okay to do that. Well, let's go do it, Pacers. Yeah. Let's go get it done. I'm ready to play. <laughs> I can't wait good, for tip. That was a good talk, Coach. <laughs> Speaking of that, probably where's, uh, Orlando Johnson, the pulp, pulp son. He was in Sacramento, but then I think he did not get his contract extended last season. I believe he is currently playing for Laboral K 
Kutza. Which I know I'm saying right because <laughs> that's that's my second favorite squad. Uh, where does Labrador Kutza uh, play? I'm going to go with Saski Basconia. Is their other name? It's a Spanish team from the Basque city of Vitoria Gaste. Okay, I know where I know where the Basque region is, so mm. it's a real place. Okay, <laughs> Harper's not just right. making up words on the it's other. It's right next to Hogwarts. Forget it. <laughs> Um, I, you know what, though? I bet uh, that team has fantastic chemistry. They bet they probably do. That's right. Yes. Their well-known players include Velimir Parasovic, Arvidas Masayowskis. Hmm. But that, no, they actually have had real players. Jose Calderon played for them at one point. Skola played there briefly. Yeah. Hey. Oh, Gordon yeah. Maybe, Dragic. Maybe Skola put in a good word. Yeah. Let me call my guy. That's right. Yeah. I got a guy in Basque region. I'm sure that's how that conversation went. <laughs> <laughs> Except it was with a Spanish accent, an Argentinian accent. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Joey, stat of the week. Last year, Donald Sloan, not a lot of PT. Now, obviously, with the injury to George Hill, he's playing a ton. So he has improved his points per game 2.3 to 12.7, the single greatest bump from last year to this year. What, in the history of the NBA? From last year to this year. <laughs> it's the single greatest bump in the history of the NBA from last year to this year. Okay, all right. That's very impressive. So he's Is about he going to get the most improved player, maybe? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> but he's played very well. He has. He's been fantastic for us. I guess you could make an argument if, if Hill doesn't come back. If, if Sloan... Finishes the rest of the season as a starter. I guess. I guess that's a good chance, but I don't think that's that's how they do these things, because the you know secretive committee that selects these is going to say like he's filling in for an injured George Hill. Right. He just got more minutes. Yeah. yeah. Damn stone masons. Yeah. So shame on you, stone masons. <laughs> so maybe maybe the question that we should be addressing isn't realignment. It's the drafts. It's the lottery system as a whole, right? Is there something that we need to do to change that to create more parity so that we can somehow disincentivize the horrible tanking that goes on in the East? Yeah, you know, they've, they've been coming up with these ideas. What was the big... The, the wheel, wheel. Yeah. Which essentially just randomly distributes... Wheel of fortune. <laughs> it is. Or disfortune. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure. But it, that reminds me of uh, uh, Vanna White. She said her favorite missed clue of all time you know so it was, it was, oh, there was a couple spaces empty and the guy hits the buzzer and he goes I'd like to solve Pat you know whatever and he goes more fun than a barrel of donkeys <laughs> <laughs> which is probably true is it, yeah, yeah. So. I mean does that make any less sense really than a barrel of monkeys maybe or? not maybe not but that's not... Mon- monkeys are funnier than donkeys. I'll have to give you that. Monkeys dressed up like people are really funny. Yeah. I'm sorry, where were you going with this? Mm. We just couldn't hit jump shots. We just can't hit shots. Yeah, we were kind of like... Uh, well, both teams were like an Antonio Vivaldi composition. <laughs> Baroque. Oh, man. <laughs> How long you had yes. that in your pocket? How long? Working on that all week. <laughs> Yep. I was really disappointed because I bought one of those CJ Miles fatheads and it was just regular size. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, uh, yeah, I retract a week ago. My opinion was that CJ Miles should be out of the rotation, but the more I watch Chris Copeland play defense, the more and more I like the way CJ Miles shoots errant jumpers. Yeah. Yes. His brand of errant <laughs> jumper is much more pleasing to the eye. <laughs> oh, God. This is just <laughs> awful. How, how many in a row is that that we lost? It's eight in a row. Eight in a row. And I tell you what, Roy, Roy Hibbert is, is essentially just disappeared. I thought he started out well in this game, actually. You know, I mean, he he looked all right for the first half of the first quarter, and I was excited. And then... <laughs> so the first eighth of the game. Six solid minutes of basketball from the big guy. I mean, that's pretty much how I felt about it. And, and then, you know, I mean, he gave you, he gave you a double-double, but yeah, my goodness. Double ten and ten. Yeah. yeah. Take a little swig out of that pee. <laughs> well said, Jim. Where does the, the pee come from in Swaggy P? What, is, what does that stand for? Pimp. I guess that's better than Nicky Y. Yeah, but that's what Laker fans call him most time at the bar. Nicky, why? <laughs> are we are we anxious to make trades and blow this thing up? The only way that we could even get Joe Johnson on our team involves a trade with Roy Hibbert. At this point, I might trade him for a dollar. I mean, because at least you get you get four good quarters out of a dollar. You know, I mean, like I just he's, he's... oh. You've been reading a joke books recently. <laughs> what would you trade him for? <laughs> uh, no, I, I love Roy. You know, I love Roy. He's he's having a rough rough start to the season. I and he's still a special defensive player. I just uh, something. This is not going well. I know it's early. Um, coach can't even figure out a starting lineup. There's there's a ton of reasons to be patient here, but um, there's a there's an opportunity to to blow it up, and and that would be an opportunity. Well, right. But the largest reason to be patient is named Paul George. Right. And I think that any conversation about blowing things up is premature with, I mean, this guy's a top 10 talent just sitting over on the sideline, right? right, Waiting to get healthy. So Colson, you want to talk. A little love to the Pacers. Yeah, right? I mean the thing is, I, you, you can tell I'm a little. <laughs> no, you you guys could tell I'm a little down on him. I, you know, I listened to last uh, last week's pod, and we were kind of beating up on him. We've done that a little bit this week. I think they need probably less negative energy from us and more more positive energy from us. So I, I feel like I need to turn over a new leaf as an analyst. So instead of saying, hey, we should blow it up or let's trade guys, I'm going to stop doing that stuff. I've got hope for Cope, you know? Um, <laughs> so what you're telling me is you're going to stop being an analyst and start being a cheerleader. That's right. <laughs> boy, Lavoy. Four minutes ago, you wanted to blow the team up. <laughs> no, I didn't want to blow it up. Best Your words, sir. Your words. <laughs> I'll edit that out in post. Don't you worry. Well played, Colson. Well played. I don't know. Uh, I, I I just feel like, you know, the, the guys listen to the show, and, and, you know, they probably get down on themselves when we're beating up on them. And, and I, and I want to say things like, attaboy, Lavoy, you know? Uh, <laughs> you're the best, West. <laughs> Your head isn't so small, CJ. 
That doesn't rhyme now. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I worked a long time to try to figure out how to make that one rhyme, and I couldn't. It's... <laughs> good, good effort. <laughs> I'm glad that, that was the third one on your list. It was the one that you we worked a long time, but couldn't make it rhyme. building to the climax, clearly. That's, that's right, that's right. Um, and Solomon Hill... Knows that we care about him. Oh, I thought and, you were going to um, say Solomon Hill is for real. No? <laughs> That's better than mine. That's good. Let's go with that. <laughs> Anybody else got any? Anybody else? I would like to say hola to Luis Scola. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to give the Pacers unconditional love, I guess. Because they need it right now. It's the greatest gift you can give. Yeah. A little Pacer mistletoe. It's been a rough couple weeks. Yeah. How are the Indiana Pacers like a possum? Uh, how are they like a possum? Uh, they uh, play dead at home and get killed on the road. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Sorry, Sounds like you, you've not uh, given your unconditional love. No, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wed to Roy Hibbert by any means. I, I saw. Think. I thought I saw a ring. No. no, he didn't put a ring on it. Nope. Nope. Big mistake, Roy. Big mm. mistake. Big mistake. Mr. Window. Well, why would you buy the cow if you get the milk for free? <sighs> a lot of milk. A lot of milk. A lot of milk. You're welcome, Roy. <laughs> you guys, uh... what is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, Merry Christmas. We did miss last week. Uh, which we haven't done before, I don't think, Mr. Week during the season. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, did Paul George take off time from rehab on Christmas? Probably not. But the real question you have to ask yourself is, did Michelangelo take Christmas off when he was painting the Sistine Chapel? I mean, did Wilbur and Orville Redenbacher take time off in their pursuit of flight? You know? Redenbacher? Did... <laughs> Was that the Wright brothers? Are we talking about popcorn did, did, here? Did, did the hunchback of Notre Dame take time off when he was building his cathedral? I mean, this is... <laughs> you can't rush artistic genius. Sometimes you need a break. So you're saying we should go faster. <laughs> Those are the most apt analogies I've ever heard in my life. And also, shout out to Lou Alder, who had a great game on Christmas Day and apparently is not dead. As I thought he was earlier. You described him in an email to me uh, in a fantasy basketball trade as Luel Deng's carcass. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> he's back, baby. <coughs> so you're reconsidering that trade. <laughs> <laughs> if we continue to execute the way we've been executing, then we should get some good looks. And it shouldn't be that difficult to, to score the basketball. Let's get a W then. I want to see some solid executions this year. Let's do it. No, that's that's not what you mean. <laughs> On the basketball floor. Okay. No, that's not what you mean either. You know what I mean. <laughs> We're good, right? Yeah. We're good. We're not threatening anybody, right? I feel like we might have. <laughs> no, no. We're good. We're all good. What's up, NSA? <laughs> December 31st, New Year's Eve, daytime game. Baby race! There was a baby race. <laughs> baby race, baby! 
I gotta get that posted up on the Oh, YouTube. yeah, you do. <clears throat> Uh, but this is the first baby race that's been rigged, which is, it's, it's, um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. For all the gamblers out there, they might lose trust in the baby race. How was it rigged? What do you mean? Well. Was there a, was there a baby on steroids? <laughs> no, but there was a, there was a baby with maybe some insider information. So there's 10 babies in the baby race. There's uh, ten babies in, in a baby race. In this in this baby race, I think normally the There's normal five. number is five. Yeah, is insider information race. for a baby just information? Well, <laughs> so the baby race started off like Object every baby race does. Is insider information? <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> babies. Most of the babies just sit there and do nothing as they. That's do. what's so great about the baby race. But it's you not gonna, really a race. A couple babies go. So there's three babies that are sort of going for it, competing. I right. would say, uh, I'd say the top tier babies. Uh, <laughs> and the babies with the big contracts. <laughs> it was a contract they've, year for these babies. They've all been signed by Man U. <laughs> so the race finishes it up. It was a pretty tight race, but the person, the man, the father of the winning baby. We see him on the big screen. It's Josh Corbeil. He's the trainer for the team. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh is the right answer to that. So what we can only assume and wildly speculate happened is that he had probably five to ten years with this baby uh, training. Well, okay, the baby's Wait. only like two. Yeah. <laughs> you Did you see the baby? He might have genetically <laughs> modified his baby. Someone call social services. I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe not five to ten years. He may have taken his baby out there to to uh, take a few trial runs in it. Yeah, practice. The other babies don't get to practice. Right. They don't get to know the lay of the land, know it the was court. Fa- it was familiar with the hard court. Exactly. Yeah, right. It was exactly. comfortable in this environment. Somebody mm. had to raise the bar. <laughs> I just. I just don't know. I feel like uh, the integrity of the game has changed. You had a loss of innocence, along with all those babies involved in the baby race. Twelve thirty-one fourteen. Never forget. <laughs> For the last twenty years, there's uh, been a really uh, talented and influential uh, sports broadcaster in our lives, and uh, Stuart Scott died today. So, mm-hmm. shout out to his family, and uh, you know, our thoughts with are with his family. So. Yeah, Stuart Scott, man. What a phenomenal guy. Um, he's in, for me, the echelon of the Howard Cosells and Al Michaels of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, really transitional figure in how we think about sports today. And as cool as the other side of the pillow. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> the Pacers are only the second team in NBA history to have nine or more players uh, average nine or more points on average. The only other team... A lot of nines. A lot of averages. No, I, I, I love this stuff. The only other team is the 1967-1968 San Diego Rockets, who had nine. Mm. Was that a team? Uh, apparently. I guess they moved to Houston later? Probably. They probably boosted over to Houston and stayed there. <laughs> There was also the San Diego Clippers. Yeah. San Diego can't hold on to a team, apparently. Yeah, why would they be named the Rockets in San Diego? Yeah, I don't know. Because the Rockets make sense for Houston, right? Because NASA's there and stuff. 
Yeah. Is that? Are you sure that's not made up? Uh, <laughs> to go Both the stat team. and this team. Are either one of those made up? No, this stat's fantastic. So even without A.J. Price and George Hill not counting statistically, we still have nine guys averaging over nine points. Correct. That's freaking awesome. And so George Hill... George Hill's got 14.2. David West is the uh, eligible leader, uh, 12.1 PPGs. I think the verdict is out on whether that is awesome or not. Can anybody tell me what the record was of the 1966-67 San Diego Rockets? So the 1967-1968 San Diego Rockets were uh, 15 and 67. Oof. They finished sixth in the uh, Western Division. Of which yeah. there were six teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> wow. John Block was your lead uh, team leader with 20 points a game. Yeah. Uh, Pat Riley was on that team and was not one of the guys that averaged over nine points. He really? averaged seven, wow. 7.9 points a game. Way to go, Pat Riley. Interesting. Yeah. Don't recognize any other names on that list. <laughs> Uh, they did only win 15 games, and they're a made-up team. So They're not a made-up team. And by the way, my stat of the week is that John Block had zero blocks per game. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> That's the moral of the story, yeah. podcast listeners. Uh, in, in John Block's defense, they did not... Yeah, yeah they were not tracking blocks back then. <laughs> <laughs> I just think if we just get the Undebeatables listenership to vote early and often, we can get Roy Hibbert more than Nikola Miritich. <laughs> okay, that'll be our goal. I like that. That'll yeah. be our goal. That's right. You can vote. Uh, you can vote on the mobile app, the NBA Game Time app. I think you can vote on Twitter. You can text in your text in your votes. Probably strongly worded letters. Sure. I think if you just type in double nickel. Yeah, they don't even have... You remember when we were kids and you would go to the game and they had the paper ballot and you would punch mm-hmm. through and right. you'd have hanging chads and stuff and you'd put it in the box. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners know what a hanging chad is. What do you think? Our listenership is like 14? I think that there, our target demo is uh, 7 to 150. I would definitely not look up hanging chad on Urban <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last note on uh, on this game. Uh, this was uh, Jan Mahimni's first game back after mm. uh, missing nearly twenty games, and uh, four glorious minutes. He did. He did. Um, it was. Uh, I was glad to see him out there. So I, I you know, I gave him a, a call after the game and got an interview with him. So I'm going to go ahead and press press play on this and uh, let you listen to my interview. So, Jan, uh, the Pacers just lost to arguably the worst team in the NBA. Does that make the Pacers the worst team? Get that shit out of here. <laughs> the NBA is a tour de France, not an afternoon bike ride. We are a young team. There is a saying in France, young wine is merde. Okay, um, yeah, the 76ers are considerably younger than the Pacers. The Pacers are, how do you say, like a shark. If you stop leaving, you die. Okay. Um, with the uh, 
recent bad losses against the Lakers and the 76ers, do you feel like the Pacers can still make the playoffs? Uh, we have confidence in uh, the team. Coach Vogel keeps us focused. He is like a French poodle. Uh, he is proud and does not shed. Uh, thank, thank you for your time, Jan. Uh, one, one last question. Uh, does my injury affect uh, the Yinka Dare Cup? Well, uh, you actually haven't qualified right now for the Yinka Dare Cup. You have to play at least 500 minutes. Just get that shit out of here. <laughs> Tyler Hansborough is uh, how you say a little bitch. Uh, uh, I agree, Jan. Uh, the Unbeatables look forward to uh, seeing you more on the court this season. Thanks so much. Wow, that was a exclusive interview. Lo- I was... know, a long interview with him. He was very candid. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like he was maybe eating during that interview. Did you catch him at dinner? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I called him. It was he, oh, his I cell see. phone. Who knows? Probably right. eating dinner. Yeah. Mm. Young yeah. wine. It's so mared. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all have the box score in front of us, so it's not so fun, but um, I really want to play a game of Philadelphia 76er or uh, fictional, like, Kurt Vonnegut character. I don't have the box score in front of me, so I'll just, I'll I'll play. Uh, Jakar Sampson. That's, uh, that's made up. (laughs) Nope, he's a real guy. He played 19 minutes. Did he Went really? four for four and scored nine points against us. <laughs> wow. Okay, so the Pacers now have lost four straight games. What are we making of this team? Are you in panic mode yet? You know, now we're two and a half games out of the playoffs, which we had said was a big goal of ours. As this team is currently playing, I don't see us climbing up that far. Do you? Do you, What's the diagnosis <laughs> here? Big thing for me is, you know, I, I was hoping that – we will get a little bit more development out of what's in many ways kind of a lost season here, but I don't feel like Solo's making the sort of jumps that he was early in the year. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure that the Sloan Ranger is going to be a long-term solution for anybody in this league. And there still doesn't seem to be a whole lot of cohesion out there as far as, you know, an understanding of what we're trying to do as a team. So more than anything, it, it, it's just made me question Vogel. I was, you know, I thought he had a legitimate chance of coach of the year this year. If you get us in the playoffs, but he, you know, it hasn't been all that impressive thus far. Correct. You guys should shut up, and I will do my stat of the week. <laughs> I think that's totally fair. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Joe. That's right. We missed you, brother. <laughs> Thank God. We need, we need structure, structure in my life. <laughs> so in this Miami game, the Pacers put up thirty-seven points in the first half. Um, not great. You know, we, we definitely would like a little bit better at that. Like, edging towards the 50 mark would be nice. Uh, <laughs> would be nice. 37 points was also hit by uh, another team this week. I'm sorry, it was by a player. Clay Thompson put 37 points in the third quarter uh, on Friday night uh, against the Sacramento Kings, uh, which is an NBA all-time uh, record for points in a quarter by a single player. Also realized I failed to shout out last week because we weren't sure we were going to have it up in time for the show. But Scoot Dubs, we got a new intro, and it's awesome. Yeah. Shout, shout out. out. And shout out to Colson for the fatty edit. 
No, I'm not giving him that. Okay. Yeah, no, it's all about the uh, the, the beat, <laughs> the sick beats. Yeah, did you make that on your dinner box? <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fired. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch. Uh, also, I want to say, uh, give a shout out to the Undebeatables, which would be us. We just had our two-year anniversary. Hey! It, it flew right by us. January 20th is the uh, anniversary of, of episode one. Sweet. Is that, uh, like it was... is that wood? What is the second anniversary? Paper? I think the first uh, think... one's paper. No, I think it's uh, tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Joey, you got a favorite uh, episode? Well, that's uh, every week is torture for Jim. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like the episodes are are, are like my children, um, in that I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> check, make check. One two, one two, one two. We're in Miami Beach, Florida. It's uh, approximately eighty degrees. It's January twenty third. We are in. Uh, we're at the kitchen. Yeah. We just drank four gallons of Corona that were $16 a piece. <laughs> but, I mean, totally worth it. Totally worth it. I mean, if you if you drink two gallons a piece, that's worth $16, right? Probably. Yeah, probably. You do the math. So what do you think a mojito, one of those buckets of mojito is? It's got to be $30. <laughs> but, I mean, if it's anything like the mojito we had at our our It's nothing bar, like the mojito we had. It's really good at our local bar. She, uh, she took her time, hand pressed that. That was delicious. We're definitely, we may um, delay our departure to Orlando until after 8 o'clock tomorrow. So we get a happy hour at our hotel. <laughs> Potentially. For zero dollars. For zero dollar mojitos. Right. Like I said, it's weird. It's like, uh, there's parts of it that are just amazing. Like, obviously, the weather, the beach is there, the beautiful women walking by. The uh, the architecture actually here on Ocean Drive is nice. The Art Deco pastels and all that stuff. But then you drive around at night, and it's just like, it's nightclub after nightclub, and which is douchebag after douchebag. you're into that... Right, but what I'm saying is I'm not, and okay. it's kind of my personal hell. So did you did you did you see the guy with all the body art that was wearing the open vest? <laughs> because I thought to myself as he walked by, is that that guy probably only owns open vests? Like every morning he wakes up and he's like, I have to wear something that's going to show off all this thousands of dollars of body art. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he shops at? Do you think he goes to like uh, 
outlet stores and gets vests without buttons, like they were man- they were manufactured without buttons. Or do you think so? They can't even close, even if you wanted to. I think if, if you, even if there's a zephyr, if, if, there's a, to, if there's a sale on vests with buttons, he may buy them and then rip the buttons off. So basically, our team is kind of who we thought they were going to be without your two best players, which is Paul George and George Hill. Right. They're kind of all sort of a mismatch. I mean, you know. And it's, it's frustrating um, to kind of see all these pieces that could be pieces on a good team, but not if you don't have the two leaders on your team. Right. And I really thought somebody was going to step up. I really thought it was going to get figured out. I thought this would be a chance for Hibbert to shine or whatever, or for Solo to totally adjust to the speed and length of an NBA season, which is probably too much to ask. Well, I think that takes a whole season to do. Yeah, and he's not figured it out yet. So for a once and always coach, sure. Bobby Slick Leonard, turn off lights, party's over. I think the neighbors are already uh, they love calling us. the front desk. <laughs> Why is there a dead cat? Wait, no, I guess there wouldn't be a dead cat. <laughs> dead cat. Here, here's my impression of a dead cat. <laughs> Spot on. Thank you. <laughs> I've been working on. He had that. the ears and everything. <laughs> they also don't have a hot tub. And they won't let us swim in the pool. "Quote unquote" three star hotel. <laughs> and we'll let us swim in the pool until six a.m. So either I'm staying up all night or we're setting an alarm. But the pool is cold. I think and, I, you don't want to do that. And whatever, it's your call. Take a hot shower. <laughs> You take a hot shower. You get nice. You you take a hot shower. Get some ice so we You're can drink some whiskey. Hot shower. <laughs> that was the name of a band in high school. Since 1967, blah 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 blah. Einstein, blah 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 blah. Cesium has been widely used in atomic clocks. Cesium, cesium. I said it right. I always had it right. Uh, this all does sort of beg the question: Is Del Curry a legend? Mm. Oh, excellent point. Is is uh, Penny Hardaway a legend? Yes. Yes. Really? Okay. <laughs> yes. He like had his I own commercials know. and stuff. Yeah, just because yeah. you had commercials doesn't mean you're a legend. He didn't have that long a career, and it wasn't that successful. Sorry, mm. just put that out there. Wow. Cuts That's of Penny sad. Hardaway going. What did I do? <laughs> yeah, no <doubt>. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he went to he went to the finals with Shaq once. That happened. Besides that, he's not very good. According to Colsnitz, Anthony Halfpants Hardaway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get my lube on. <laughs> wow. Oh god, don't put that in there. <laughs> Too late now, buddy. No. Oh. Oh, my recording messed up. We gotta start over. <laughs> Other notable players, uh, owner of the Grizzlies, uh, Memphis Grizzlies, Robert Para. Uh this guy can dunk and he's not a bad player. Dude. Wait, the Chief. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? The owner of the Grizzlies can dunk? Yeah, he can yeah. dunk. How old is this man? He's like thirty six. I have done terrible things with my life. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Wait, because uh, you can't dunk? No, well, okay, yes. And also because I don't own an NBA team by 36, apparently. Uh, right. Well, no, yeah. no, there's still time. Um, I got, I got one a, year, one year. I got a year. 
No. No, you don't. You got a month, bro. <laughs> Damn it. I got a couple months. Leave me alone. There's still time to own the Pacers. Start uh, a Kickstarter. <laughs> have you ever been to Kickstarter? No, I have no idea what that is. I don't know what it does. There's a chance here, the way that Hill is playing, uh, with Paul George coming back, we could actually make a scary run in the playoffs. I don't think there's a team in the East, I don't care if it's Chicago or Cleveland, Toronto, Atlanta, that wants to play us. If we can get ourselves in the playoffs, I think we're a dangerous out. And that's fun. That's exciting. They need to be the underdogs to be successful. Now's a good time to do it. Do you think this team, should they squeak into the playoffs, which is, we don't even know if that's going to happen yet. They're no more than a scare for a first-round team, right? Like, there's no way they're making a deep run. Why not? Why, why, why not? They can't close games. Well, yeah. We don't know how to win close Here's games. Here's the deal. This team has been to the Eastern Conference Finals the last two years. It knows how to win games. We've we've lost a top ten player in the NBA who will be returning. We spent most of the season without our as a as not a top ten player. Well, we don't know that. I know that. No, we know that. It's he's not going to come back in t- top ten. No, players. no. But what I'm saying is he still is going to be a difference maker. And also, we were without our second best player for most of the season. Name is George Hill. Now that he's back, suddenly we look good. This section that we've talked about, the the turning point is him coming back as a starter. I think they could even beat the Spurs, man. What do you mean they <laughs> couldn't even beat the Spurs? That's a ridiculous argument. Did I just get presented something? No, Pacers make the playoffs, and they're going to get the second round. That's that's what that is. That's bo- that's, That's how I feel about it. I think you might have jingled a little bit prematurely there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time it's happened. <laughs> um, just ask Kyle. <laughs> and this is episode... What was it? What, what two-digit number is this episode? It's got to be 90-something, right? Yeah, 90. Let me look this it's episode 100. 100? 100. Wow. Oh, shout out 100. In yeah. Century congratulations. Uh, boys, congratulations. 100. It's a, a watermark I never thought we would see. Uh, so it's a testament to our ability to ignore the lack of listeners that we have. And just push forward. <laughs> and do most our of the listeners that we do have. <laughs> right. Right. Then beg us. Stop. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> you guys going to get out of here? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Until next time, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables. You can find us at Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Give us a little thumbs up there. You can find us uh, on The Undebeatables.com. It's a contact form if you want to send in some questions. Review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners find our show. Shirts are still available for purchase on the website. And uh, as previous mentioned, uh, previously mentioned, uh, we got a recording from Jan Mahimi to, do, to close out the show for us. Um, so for our once and always coach, Bobby Slick Leonard, turn out the law. <laughs>
singing with the French accent. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> we know this. I just want to say uh, to all of the Pacer Nation that still listened after 100 games, this uh, is the we, one thing we've gotten We call them right. episodes. You're welcome. Actually, in honor of the uh, All-Star game, I called up... Uh, Prokhorov uh, to do um, <laughs> the outro song today. So, uh, so let me let me press my recording here. In honor of our uh, once and always coach uh, Bobby Sieglinard, uh, turn out the lights, the parties. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do accents and sing at the same time. It's just- you're never going to make it in this business, buddy. Turn out the lights. The party's over. There you go. Got a little Kermity there. Do it. <laughs> Do it fast. Yeah. Kermity frog here. Kermity frog. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you should call Kermit to have him sing. Turn out the lights. <laughs> Party's over. I see him sitting on a log. <laughs> I see him sitting on a log doing that. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? What's on the other side? That's, that's all I got. No, I want more. What's so amazing <laughs> that keeps us stargazing? <laughs> Oh, your neighbors must what think you're a crazy person. We might see. <laughs> Someday we'll find it. The rainbow connection. The lovers. The dreamers and me. So, game of the week at Philadelphia, Friday, February 20th. And you might be so, there? I Maybe. I don't know. It's not that far away. East Coast is like everything's right next to each other. You should Basically. take a train or something, right? Yeah, I could take mm-hmm. a train. I wish we had trains here. What do we do? <laughs> Doing a good job previewing this game, <laughs> so it'll be uh, games out of the All Star break are always interesting. <laughs> because <laughs> we'll be coming off uh, nine days of rest. So the rust factor will be involved. We're taking on a Philly team that also had no all-stars. So they'll be just as rusty. I mean, screw Philly. What'd they do besides be the city of brother love? They gave us Rocky. <laughs> and uh, Good uh, Liberty Bell. Sure. It's cracked, though. I mean, come on. The Rocky lost. Yeah, exactly. So all these things, they, they should lose. Good pep talk. Sorry, roll. <laughs> <laughs> you guys gonna get out of here? 
Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs>